This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Ken Carmen Show. And we are coming to you live. From the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. It's just eating away at me. You guys better load in some Dave Matthews Band. That's all I'm going to say because I now i got to make fun of it. Tom is back. Tom mentions Dave Matthews Band the second right before we go on air. And I know America loves Dave Matthews Band. I just can't stand Dave no, Matthews Band fans. Yes. Oh, they don't? No. They don't? Tom. Tom, no. Tom, listen to yourself. America doesn't love Dave Matthews, man. No, no. Do you really think that that like like Dave Matthews is some sort of thing that just you and and your circle of friends like? No, I think like five out of six people listening don't know what the hell we're talking about right now, and the one other one out of six right. thinks he's really annoying. This is okay. Here we go. Thank you for bringing that up. All right, I'm gonna shot. get to sports here in a second. Tom was out last week. Because what were you doing? Were you touring with Dave Matthews like people used to do with fish? Technically still I mean, do with fish. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I saw three shows. I saw a oh Friday, Saturday show, and then oh Wednesday God. I went to Bethel Woods. Was at Camden <laughs> with them last weekend. I stayed over in Philly. It was an amazing weekend. Oh, my God. I saw this song twice. <laughs> sounded great. They're crushing right now. Elicity. So I'm on the phone with Tom earlier this week. And Tom, oh, they're playing so good right now. You out of here. Like, it's like, it's true. if a baseball player has a good couple of weeks, playing really well lately. Exactly. That's exactly it, though. Oh, God, I hate you for this. They play a different set every night, Ken. Every single night. This is where you're four years younger than me. This is where our, there is an age divide, a bit of an age divide. Why? And it was probably worse for guys older than me, by the way. Because when I was in college, it was going to Dave. Hey, bro, you going to Dave, bro? Right, bro, yeah. you going to Dave? Yeah. Bro, going to Dave. Dave like, they, hey, you, uh, how, you, you owe me 40 bucks. I'd be like, what? Well, it's the Dave ticket. You owe me 40 bucks. Like, people would just assume that I was I was in for Dave, bro. <laughs> I swear to God, it happened like three or four times where pe- I'm like, I'm not going you to gone. see. You made a mistake. No, God, no. I'm not going to see Dave Matthews. And I don't even think I hate Dave Matthews' music. I just can't, couldn't stand his fans. And that's the problem. That's why they're not loved. And when you say <sighs> people love this band, that's not true. People associate it, their band with, like, you know, hacky if you sa- are, khaki yes. sack and... Hacky sack, hacky you mean? Sack not khaki sack. Well, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> I'm a classic rock snob. Let's just listen to this garbage. Turn it up. Turn it up, Shep. Ooh, Thomas Central Heating. Turn it down. Garbage. Literally hating a song about love. It's true. Yeah. I didn't even know what it was. I just assumed it was about half the song he says he sings that Central Heating song. Half the song he sings are about home improvement. <sighs> That's the one. One lyric from one song. Okay. Get your mattress saw out. 
If they were going to Blossom, I would seriously buy you a pair, but they're not. No, because, again, would you go you're to just Cincinnati considering... and go to Riverdale? No, four hours away. Are you nuts? Yeah, I didn't think no, so. No, to see Dave Matthews. It'd be worth it. <laughs> Chef, can you get me some, like, Rapunzel or something, actually, oh instead of playing God. new stuff that is – there you go. There we go. Oh, criminy. I again, if you're a guy of a certain age, you know you either were that guy or you know exactly what I'm talking about. A guy would bring an acoustic guitar. It would it was either a high school part. High school was the worst, but college college was bad. But at least that was stereotypical. High school was the worst. And you're just sitting around and someday in yeah, we saw Dave last last year. It was the best when the guy would start playing the guitar and then he would start. Like talking to everybody, like he was conducting a concert, yeah, and breaking it down, and it was always about, yeah. I saw Dave last year. Me and my buddies, yeah, hit got me. his hit. got his '95 Astro van, and we just blasted down to Toledo, and then we took a right and headed up to Detroit. It was amazing. Yeah, hippies with their acoustic guitars, thinking they were cool, was you know, <sighs> kind of started by this guy. But I mean, no, that, Robert no, thank, Plant. Thank you very there much. are all these posers, yeah. Robert Plant posers for Zeppelin too. I mean, that's just what happens. I, don't I mean, as long as there's rock stars, oh, there will be fault. posers. Exactly. You're right. Exactly. So I just seem to loop him in. When I got my senior pictures taken, the guy played Dave to loosen me up. I'm sure that works. I, he played Crash. Uh. And I'm standing there going, <laughs> "Good God Almighty!" And my dad brought my because he wanted it kind of as a joke, and I'm going, "Man, are these pictures going to live forever?" And they do because I have like a Jim Ross Stetson cowboy hat. Wow! And I took one of the pictures, and my wife found it was like, "What the bleep is this?" And like, "Yep, there it is." And I just remember crash into me. I'll get through to you one day. I was telling you before the show no. that Scott Farrell asked me about them because he's a big fan, and that man is Whoa. the best music fan I know, and he's a fan. He don't, he won't even go back because the concert he went to in 2010 at City Field I was would so rather good. He doesn't want to ruin it. Listen, I'd rather listen to Lady Gaga fart in a sewer drain than I would ever a terrible take ever listen to Dave Matthews Band in concert. Do you hear me? Why? I don't know. I'm just going to be nasty about it now. There you go. There you go. We're glad to have Tom back. Shep's back. He's he gave me a bunch of stuff about the draft. Uh, I'm not I'm not hardcore draft take guy. I, I, to be frank with you, half of these guys go to mid major schools, and I think unless you are Fran Fraschilla, you haven't seen a lot of these guys. See, this is the difference between the NFL draft and the, and the NBA draft. Well, among many is where yeah, you probably saw. Mac conference guys, or I should say mid-American conference guys. I don't mean to be redundant here. But you probably saw some Mac guys here and there if it was on a Saturday if you were sitting at home because you watched the whole game. And it only happens once a week. College basketball, John Morant goes second overall. I saw John Morant, and I counted because I wanted to make sure, six times. Six times I saw John Morant last year. You see the number one pick in this last year's draft. You might have seen him ten times all the way through. In games, every single week, saw what he did every single week. The opportunity to see him every single time out there, there was always that. And so you don't get to see as many of these guys. And so honestly, as much as as much as much I watch college basketball and I try to watch a lot, 
I'm not going to stand here and say, this is a terrible pick at five. This is a terrible pick at eight. I can't believe this team knew what it was doing. I'm not going to give you some hot-button thing about Zion Williamson. It's just not going to happen. I I wish Zion Williamson well. I think that he could very well be the very next LeBron. The media helps build LeBron. The media helps build icons. I think that if you look across the league, Giannis Antetokounmpo is a nice story, but I don't know if he really transcends things here in America the way that Zion Williamson could. James Harden's too quiet, too weird. Chris Paul's obviously too old. More on him coming up in a little bit. Kyrie Irving is basically about to buy a plot of land out in New Mexico and live alone and probably raise alpacas and God knows what. He's off the reservation about that. You have plenty of different guys who are good NBA players, but I don't know if they, they take that next step towards icon, all-around, number one status. Like Steph Curry's love, but we've had this conversation many times. As far as all-around greatness, being able to do superhuman things, I'm not sure if he's able to do it. The media, the American public, helps build from the next Michael to LeBron to the next LeBron to maybe Zion Williamson. I have no hot take about it. I know that everybody's been posting the pictures of Escalade from the N1 mixtape and saying, this is Zion after one year of good New Orleans cooking. I know that people have done that. I think and I hope that he goes on to have a wonderful career because the NBA needs a guy like that and needs a guy who's a superstar, who's already media savvy, who already knows how to answer corrections or answer questions the correct way, who knows how to do those things. And it seems like Zion Williamson knows how to do. The thing I do love about the draft And it's not a hot take either, is that there is raw motion, there's investment, there is fun. And I think that we've noticed something here, and I want to break this down a little bit further later on in the show. You notice if you watch the draft over the last, and it's a recent phenomenon, the last five years plus, maybe even three, the last three years, there was a problem in the NBA in the 90s, early 2000s, personal conduct, drugs, uh, guys getting arrested, those type of things. Guys doing crazy things in the in the arena. Guys doing crazy things and getting suspended for violations of team rules. Off the court, just horrendous stuff that we saw. You're not seeing that as much. And you're noticing that most of these guys, young, really intelligent, start to know a little bit more about the world than they ever have before. This is where we start to learn where... Guys now at at 12 years old and 13 years old, when they get in the AAU, which the AAU does do some good, I know that's a terrible thing to say, what they do is that people do invest in them. And so people do go about things the right way, try to go about things the right way because they invest in them and they try to put them in the best position possible to flourish, to look good, to be able to answer questions the right way, to be able to understand what things are asked of them, being able to understand what a recruiter wants from them, what what type of things you can and can't do, what things you can really get away with, that type of thing. And we are seeing now, and we see John Morant, and he's fighting away tears. We saw Zion Williamson, obviously. There's there's this R.J. Barrett getting getting emotional about it. There is this feeling from players that their hard work They know the investment of the family. They know the investment of those close to them, the mothers, the fathers. And it is a very nice moment to see those guys realizing those dreams come true. You really don't get that when you watch the NFL draft. You got guys who come from diverse backgrounds, good backgrounds, rough backgrounds. 
it's good to hear those stories. It's good to see those stories. It's good to see when a, when a guy picks up his, his infant child and, and takes them with them up to the stage, and, and, and you get to see that a life is about to change. Opportunities are about to be made. There's going to be an opportunity to change lifestyles for generations. It's part of the fun of the NBA and NFL draft. And that you get to see that in, in some cases, and this is kind of a morbid or not morbid but weird thing to say, is that that might be the best moment of that person's life. And to see the NBA player change where, yeah, they are more emotional than they've been, which is something we got to get into later, or we're about to get into here in a second. They're more emotional than they've ever been. They might be a little bit more fragile because they're not as rough as they used to be or they're not as hardened by life experience as they used to be. You're seeing a good quality person. And if we're talking about pushing players and making them stars or maybe even possibly, and I know this word's been thrown out the window over the last how many years, possibly creating role models, here you go. So I know that there's a lot of hot takery about Zion Williamson. One of these things I'm about to just go off on, but I wish him well. I hope that he does well. I hope that he's able to carry the torch for the NBA. I think he's a great threat. Towards every team that he's going to play, I think there's going to be a learning curve. I hope he's able to, and I don't say this lightly, I hope he's going to be able to save basketball in New Orleans. Because this week, and I know it's June and people get into this whole, well, we got to find something to write about. I think there was a lot of people who just don't want to see Zion Williamson in a New Orleans Pelicans jersey. I hope he saves it there. Because I think that a lot of people just need to admit They don't want to see or they don't want to have to go find Zion Williamson playing in New Orleans. I don't know what it's about. The colors seem to be drab. The jerseys don't seem to be that great. The Pelican mascot in that that fun, it's kind of mean-spirited and goofy. The arena seems to be dark and drab. New Orleans itself is a vibrant, colorful city, fun city. But people are making that disconnect where they look at it from an NBA prism. They think, man, this is just the doldrums. It's not a great NBA town. I can't imagine that it is. I can't, I can't sit here and lie to you and say that it is. But I also know that when people are starting to fire off some of the responses that they've had about Zion Williamson over the last week, two weeks, really since they knew that the Pelicans were going to get the number one overall pick, I think that you just don't want to see Zion Williamson play for the New Orleans Pelicans. You want to see him play for L.A. the way that we talked about it for months and months and months. Or New York for years with the New York Knicks and Zion Williamson. Because your silliness is under the guise of personal freedom. Kevin Arnovitz wrote about it. A lot of other people got into it about it. Where in any other walk of life, you get to choose. And we begin this terrible, sanctimonious argument about the draft and how it's totally unfair and we need to do away with the draft because, you see, in real life, we get to choose where we work. We get to choose what we do. We get to choose the people we work for and how long we work for them. There's a personal freedom about this. We love to talk about that stuff. And boy, we love to take, we love to take professional sports, which is a fantasy for all of us at some time when we're young. And we love to equate it to real life somehow, even though there's no way that equates to real life, but we love to do it. So fine, let's go ahead and do it. I want to know how many of you, and there's probably a couple, got to choose the exact job you wanted out of high school and college, got to choose the market you lived in, got to choose the people you worked for. There are people out there, Ivy League educated, 
1% people. Guys maybe like a Zion Williamson in their own field. Fine. What about the rest of the people in that field? I mean, honestly, if we're going to do this silly exercise, because it, it really is silly. If we're going to do this silly, terrible exercise, I want to know how many guys out there, 35, 40, 50, whatever it is, right when they went out of college, got to choose the job they exactly wanted and studied for in the city they wanted to live in at the at the salary they wanted. I want to know how many guys got to do that. How many guys got life-changing money? And, and girls, that's fine too. How many people had life-changing money the second they went out of college? How many people, I want? if we're going to do this exercise, again, it's horrible, but I, I, I'll go down that road with you. I'll, 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 I'll experiment with you here. I want to know how many people... Didn't get passed up for a job because of nepotism, because of the Peter principle, because of what other silliness, that the office politics that you could possibly think of. I want to know. Because at least in the NBA, yeah, I know the draft isn't necessarily fair, and you can end up going to a, a terrible franchise, a terrible organization with bad coaching, a crazy owner, a bad general manager, and you can languish for a long time. I I know, that's awful. You also understand that this is a system that's, basically as merit-driven and fair as you possibly could imagine in, in professional sports. If Zion Williamson does well for the next five years, four years, seven years, however long that his time is with the New Orleans Pelicans, he gets to choose whatever market he, gets, he wants to go to. It's a merit-based type of business. So he might not necessarily like to be in New Orleans, he might not necessarily like to play for the New Orleans Pelicans. He probably wasn't overjoyed to play for the Pelicans, even though, again, New Orleans is a fun city that people go on vacation for, but I guess everybody's miserable. I, I, I don't know how that works, but either way. With a good fan base that doesn't seem to be too much in NBA basketball, but a guy like Zion Williamson who knows how to work a camera, knows how to talk to a fan, knows how to smile, and knows how to have fun, and yes, we'll probably have a couple of ups and downs as any young player is going to have, Maybe he can help that situation out. Maybe that's why it's so important they got that number one pick. Maybe that's why it's such a big deal that a guy like Zion Williamson ends up in New Orleans. Anybody think about that? So if we want to do this type of of silly, and I mean it is a silly-ass scenario, fine. Find me a way where there's anything more fair more fair when it comes to being able to be promoted, to make the money, to move to the market you want, than professional sports. Because there's a lot of people out there who do jobs that they had no intention of doing. There's a lot of people who out there who are underemployed. There's a lot of people out there who are living in the place that they don't want to live. And they had great big visions of grandeur, and they never got that chance. At least Zion Williamson will get this chance. But we love to fire off terrible opinions about how unfair the draft is. How unfair it is. And I will sit here and tell you the entire time. I don't know if the draft is the end-all, be-all. If you give me, and I'm an open-minded person, at least I think I am, if you give me a different option, I'll listen to it. If you give me a way to improve the draft, I swear to you, I'll listen to it. But up until now, when I've read these thoughts in this silliness, and let me underline that word, that's all that there is. That's all that it became was silliness. And the second the draft started... When Zion Williamson was taken, all that conversation went away. And people try to find reasons for it. You know, Adam Silver was talking at the Sloan Conference, and he had said that players are miserable. And a lot of people wanted to equate that with with the markets that they're in. Flatly, I don't believe that. Again, if you want to save Zion Williamson from being sad, 
I don't know if New Orleans is the place that really inspires depression when it comes to that type of lifestyle. Yes, I know that horrible things have happened in New Orleans in the last 20, 30 years. I get that. But when it comes to the type of lifestyle that Zion, Zion Williamson can live, the money that Zion Williamson has, the good time atmosphere, the fun that the city of New Orleans can provide, I don't know if that inspires depression for a guy like Zion Williamson or an NBA player for that matter. Maybe the organization isn't good, but we love to make this false connection where there really is no connection. And I started to wonder, this is the first generation, and this can't be the only reason, but it is a thought. And some people will think it's flimsy. This is the first generation. Zion Williamson's how old, Tom? 20 years old? I know we got to get to break. Zion Williamson's 20 years old, 19. Zion Williamson's generation grew up. On, he's 18 years old still? What is he, Tom? Yes, he's 18 years old. He okay. is 19 Zion, on July 6th. 19 coming up in July. Zion Williamson's one of the generations that grew up on social media. Zion Williamson, and I just use him as an example, but these guys grew up on social media where you don't really talk trash about kids. You really shouldn't, and anybody who does, they get immediately berated by other people on the Internet. But they grow up, they get on social media, they get on Snapchat, they get on Instagram, they get on Facebook, they get on Twitter, and everybody in the world telling them how great they are. And they have people who are AAU coaches, and they might be tough love coaches, but remember, those are tough love guys because they're telling them what they need to know. And then anybody else out there, they might be a little bit of a hanger-on, they might be an investor, and they're telling them how great they are. Then they get drafted. Then they become paid professionals. Then all of a sudden, thousands of people a night where they used to go to build up, maybe they had a bad game and they went to Twitter and they went to Facebook and Instagram and everything else, and everybody still told them that they were great and they loved it. Now they have a bad night on national television and you have thousands and thousands and thousands of anonymous avatars on social media telling them that they suck. I don't know, maybe that has something to do with Kevin Durant's demeanor lately. Anybody ever thought about that a million times over? Golden State seems like a pretty nice place to be at any time of the year. New Orleans is a fun town with fun people. Seems to be a nice place to be nearly any time of the year. Maybe it's the generation. Because we want to blame the draft and say, well, it's the market of where they're at. Maybe it's just the generation of where they are. And that a generation might need to learn, a player might need to learn when to tune that out and when to turn that off, when to use that for their advantage. Because there's guys who they are able to grasp it, and then there's guys, and we just talked about them ad nauseum for the last three months during the NBA playoffs and about what Golden State is missing, who can't turn it off. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I'm open-minded, though. If you want to improve the draft, or you want to replace the draft? Do you want to get rid of the draft? Go ahead and let me know. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Coming up at high noon Eastern, James Harden doesn't want Chris Paul. Why the hell should I? Landry Locker from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He'll join us at 11:35, 11:40 a.m. Eastern. Special treat: 1:20 p.m. Eastern. Mike Pereira going to join us, NFL on Fox, rules analyst there, former VP of officiating with the NFL. Uh, a lot to cover with him because there's a lot of changes, and already this Hail Mary rule is as smoke-and-mirrored and murky as you could possibly find. Coming up at 11, p- 11 a.m. Eastern, don't throw stones 
if you can't afford the glass house. Up next, though, the Lakers stopped slumming and finally acted like the Lakers. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now, it's the latest sports update. And I can't believe I finally get to say it after months with months. the sensational not baby. Months, the not months. It's been a long time, Peter. In a few weeks, I have had some things going on. Not injury-related. Had, thi- yeah, had some, some things going on. Arena, you were moonlighting, look, arena, Peter. F- arena football on TV, yeah. Look at you. Oh, t- Mr. TV guy. Yeah, yeah. A little play-by-play on television. Look at this. Gosh, he's, he's getting too big for us. Well, that's uh, the way it goes. You know. There I'll be, I'll be, uh, I'll be in your neck of the woods this week. That are you? Is that this week? Yeah, Judas Priest, Peter. I didn't even remember. Ah, mm-hmm. My, well, technically, my well, my neck of the woods, and then the old neck of the woods, right? Uh, well, mainly your old, yeah, mainly your there old neck of the woods. Go. Yes, there we go. Well, <laughs> the, you know what, Tom Benson Stadium this time of year is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I wish you the yes. very best. Thank you. Huh? All right. Well, coming up next, yeah, the Lakers stop slumming finally became the Lakers, and I don't care if Rob Palenka knows the salary cap. That's what makes it even better. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, and guess what? It's brought to you by Geico. I also have some great news for you. You ain't going to believe this. You go to geico.com and you can save 15% or more on car insurance. I know, man. You go there. Geico.com, 15% or more on car insurance. You save, you save it. There's a very abrupt end to the music, but that's okay. It's Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern, uh, Landry Locker going to join us, co-host of In the Loop, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He's there every single weekday up at 11 o'clock Eastern. Uh, you know, don't throw stones, especially if you can't afford the glass house. There was a lot of a criticism of Rob Palenka this week, and it was just because he didn't realize the salary cap, and he's trying to rework the Lakers deal a little bit, and... And he got Anthony Davis, and, and I was glad. I, I was really glad. And I'm even more glad that Rob Palenka messed up the salary cap. And you know why? Because the Lakers are finally acting like the Lakers again. At least, you, at least you did something to step in the right direction to be in the Lakers. Because in the NBA, there are certain franchises that you know it and I know it. The rules just don't apply. In professional sports, there are certain franchises they are on a different level this is why you hate them. This is why some people, they, they're just in love. They think they're the, the greatest, and they'll, they'll live and die by those teams and their colors. But there's other people that there is a strong, visceral hate. You think of it, you know it right off the top of your head. The Dallas Cowboys. I think the, the Patriots probably aren't in that mix, considering they get suspended every other year for something. So I can't throw the Patriots in there. But like the Cowboys, maybe you can make an argument for another NFL team. The Yankees are in there. Certainly the Lakers are in there. The Knicks, they could be that way. They just keep doing stupid things. And the Lakers have been a perpetual moment of stupidity, this, that, and the other, for every single day, basically for the last three years. It's just been stupid. I, you maybe even go back to Dwight Howard if you really want to. Finally, the Lakers are acting like the Lakers. Because immediately some folks got in, into it about Rob Palenka and Rob Palenka messing up the salary cap a little bit and how he's going to massage it and make everything work. And they thought it was a big deal. It's not a big deal. In fact, it's a good thing. It's a great thing if you're a Laker fan. Because it means your team's back. Because these rules don't matter to you. They matter to other teams. They matter to other teams that, that aren't owned by the Bus family. They, they matter to other teams that don't have the championships you do. They matter to the other teams that, that don't have an, an aging, yes, but still LeBron. They matter to them. They don't matter to you. And so for Rob Palenka to mess it up, it's just, it's so Laker, and it's so refreshing. Finally, you're, you're making those steps. You're not all the way back yet. 
because it's got to work on the floor. But finally, you're making those steps towards being the Lakers again. And that's refreshing about it because you go out and you make a move and you did what you had to do. The rumors and innuendo that were going around a couple of months ago, and they did quiet down, but Stephen A. Smith and not calling out and saying that his sources are wrong or anything, but guys like Stephen A. Smith and Brian Windhorst and so on say, hey, you know, there's some people close to Jeannie Buss saying to trade Le- trade LeBron James and to try to find some guys and, and, and totally bail out of this and rework. No, you're the Lakers. You don't do that. You don't give away everything. Bring in a guy like LeBron. Do more. Have a albatross around your neck like LeVar Ball, which, by the way, I can't imagine that just now ESPN in America is figuring out the man's a moron, but I I digress from that. It's amazing. Now you figure out he's dumb. However, go back to what we were saying about the Lakers here for a second. You don't do that. You have to follow LeBron either into heaven, which you could very well be here by this time next year, there's a possibility, or hell, which is where they were going. And it's where you would have been had you had traded LeBron. If you had traded LeBron, There's a serious thought, and and you might be able to get it back. But you're just like everybody else again. And you haven't been like anybody else since... (sighs) You were in Minneapolis? For my entire life, you've been different. The rules, again, you're one of those few teams. The rules just don't apply to you the same way they apply to everybody else. And if you were to trade LeBron, one, I don't know who wants him at 35 years old. You already know that you have to bail on everything to bring in LeBron, and you must do his bidding because you are in his power. So you must do everything you can for LeBron, unless you were one of these owners who just wanted to sell tickets like crazy, even though he's going to be out for load management half these games, then fine, I guess you would want LeBron. But you really want to mortgage everything now for a guy who's 35 years old who's going to be on borrowed time soon? I don't know if you really want to do that, especially with what the Lakers weren't getting at the time. But no, you followed it through. You made it through Magic's bizarre retirement. You made it through the Luke Walton thing. And here you are. And you make a trade, a good trade where, yeah, you give away the future. and people. They gave away so many picks. They get That doesn't matter. You're the Lakers. It doesn't matter about picks. You're supposed to be a destination. It doesn't matter about your youth movement. You're L.A. You're the Lakers. You're not the Clippers. And there was a moment there that was really scary where people were starting to confuse the two, where it was L.A. And I was as mad mad at LeBron as anybody. You don't go to L.A. just to go to L.A. and the Lakers come with it. If you're going to be a Laker, you're a part of the history. You're a part of the tradition. You are a Laker, and the city comes with it. If you just want to be in L.A., That's what the Clippers are for. But they did it the right way, and they bring in Anthony Davis. Now, I don't know how great Anthony Davis is going to be. I'm not crowning them already, but they're up there. They're a Vegas favorite. They're up there. I think Golden State will still, because they'll be healthy by this time next year, they'll still have something to say about it. I desperately want Kawhi to stay in Toronto because I think if Kawhi leaves, it's even worse than LeBron because Kawhi is leaving a champion. LeBron never left a champion. Kevin Durant didn't leave a champion. Kawhi would be leaving a champion. I want Milwaukee to be good. I, I want to see what Kyrie's going to do. Obviously, it's not going to be in Boston. Uh, I, I want to see what Boston does. I want to see what the exalted Brad, Brad Stevens and what he does. They, I, I don't think it's all cut and dry that Anthony Davis and LeBron and whoever free agent X might be, whether or not it's Kyrie or who knows, whatever those guys might be, I, I want to see what they do. I'm not going to crown them just yet. I, I'm just excited that a team 
that a lot of people love and a lot of people hate is actually worth loving and hating again. Palinka messing up the salary cap is quintessential Laker because you really don't care. The deal's done. You're getting Anthony Davis no matter what. You'll pay into the luxury tax. You'll do some roundabout bookkeeping. You'll try to squirrel away some money. You'll do something some way that'll add to this and that will bring you back to where you were before, which was one of the premier franchises in professional sports. Not this complete clown show that you've been over the last four or five years now where you can't be taken seriously, where you have prayed at the altar of Kobe Bryant because he's not coming back, you're finally moving on in a different direction. Finally moving on in the direction you're supposed to be. And Rob Palenka messing it up is great for two things. One, because of the Lakers and what I just said. The other thing, it does highlight for LeBron just what his greatness is. It makes other general managers look bad. Might make David Griffin look bad because, well, you can just cover everything up because you're LeBron. Might make, even though David Griffin's looked very good recently and still is in the good graces to a lot of people, including myself, makes him look a little bit worse. Makes Pat Riley look a little bit worse because anything you do, LeBron will just fix it. Certainly makes Dan Gilbert in the past look a little bit worse. Jeannie Buss does not know what she's doing as an owner in the NBA. Rob Palinka knows obviously very little of what he's doing as a general manager in the NBA, but that's okay. Because it makes LeBron look better, and it makes the Lakers look better in a more intriguing story. Because no matter what we want to say, this year and this month, well, Rob Palinka messed it up. I can't believe he gave away all those picks. Do you think they're going to give a damn at this time next year? Do you really think so? Unless something, and I don't want it to happen, unless something horrible happens to LeBron or Anthony Davis. Then they'll care. But this is a move to win championships with a guy who is going to be 35 this year. This is a move to win championships to put another one up in the rafters for the L.A. Lakers, to put another ring on the finger of LeBron to give him four, to add to the legacy for LeBron James and whether or not LeBron James is the greatest ever and whether or not you can make that argument because he won it in Cleveland, which was the crown jewel right now, went to Miami and won two, took over as the best player on that team. Sorry, Dwayne Wade, but it's true. And then went to L.A., a team that was a complete mess and that he made worse for a year. And then brought them back to prominence. Because remember, they are the Lakers. But you never play with LeBron. You play for LeBron. And Anthony Davis will be playing for LeBron this year. Anthony Davis will play for the Lakers and he'll play for LeBron. That's your father. That's who you deal with there. But it's a refreshing thing to see the Lakers where they are. Palenka shows LeBron's greatness. It makes the other general managers look bad. It's part of the argument for everything else. And I just can't believe some of the responses that I've seen so far throughout this week where I know you don't like LeBron very much right now, and I know you don't like the Lakers very much right now, and it just, it just seems unfair. Anthony Davis shouldn't be able to get his way out of things. He shouldn't be able to, to force his way out of New Orleans. He's the one who signed the contract, and people are so upset about it. But he did, and they're the Lakers, and they make it even better because coming up this time next year, or I should say a month from now next year, a month later from next year, You'll hate the Lakers again. You'll hate Anthony Davis for for forcing his way out of New Orleans. You'll have seen Zion Williamson play very, very good, but a team that is not very good in their own right with the New Orleans Pelicans because they'll be so young, and you'll wonder what could have been. And so the hardcore basketball fan out there will wonder that way, and they'll, they'll they'll hate the Lakers, and they'll hate that Anthony Davis went there, and immediately you'll want Houston to maybe beat him, even though they seem to be a train wreck right now. You might want Golden State to win. Imagine that. Steph Curry in the bad finals, even though he scored a ton of points. 
Kevin Durant and his uncertain future. Maybe Kevin's back. Maybe Kevin's not. Clay Thompson. Maybe maybe Clay's back. Maybe Clay's not. Maybe the Splash Brothers are back and they're going back through the Western Conference postseason again. And maybe just maybe they take a heel and turn him to a face to everybody because that's the beauty of the Lakers. You need a team like the Lakers, no matter what you want to say about them. You need a guy like LeBron who could be a polarizing figure and a team like that who historically can carry the torch for a league that no matter what. There will be an emotional response. That's what they have that, I hate to say it, Toronto doesn't. There were plenty of people. I feel good that Kawhi Leonard in Toronto won. I like Nick Nurse as a coach. I think it's a good, strong fan base up there. But there were plenty of people who just yawned and turned the channel. The only thing that might have saved it was that they were beating Golden State. If they were beating somebody else, had Oklahoma City gone there or someone else, the big-time basketball insider would have been excited. The regular fan, mm. historically, though, the Lakers, you remember Showtime when you were a kid, you loved them or you hated them. You remember Kobe when you were a little bit older or as a kid, depending on how old you are listening to this, you loved him or you hated him and you loved Shaq or hated Shaq. You don't really remember Nick Van Exel throwing the television monitor or punching the television monitor. That one really didn't sink in with you. But you remember that greatness. You either loved it or you hated it. And now the Lakers, for all their faults and all their silliness and all their abject stupidity and how they have an owner who has no idea what she's doing and owns the basketball team because her father, the late, great, Jerry Buss knew what he was doing in a lot of ways, a new promotion, and knew how to make the Lakers what the Lakers are now or what should be now. Are a team that you care about again, or a team that you're going to care about again, and a team that's going to raise the profile of the NBA again as a team, not just with LeBron, but as a team, something that you might want to watch because you didn't want to last year because you had a guy like LeVar Ball last year who isn't a star. He's a clown, and sideshows are only good for so long. And then you need to move on. Everybody's, in, everybody's impressed by the kid on the playground who's eating the ants and eating the worms for a day. Then it's weird. And that's what LeVar Ball was. LeBron, Anthony Davis, the Lakers history, that's real superstardom. That's really something that you either love or you hate. And this move, so Laker, so much fun. And already I can't wait for next season. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, a fool who leaves two naked strangers alone at his house and his money. They're soon parted. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.